All right, we're off. Hello, critical thinkers. Happy New Year. It's 2024, and we're here today talking about predictions for the year 2024. So this will be uh, interesting and fun. It's something to not take too seriously, of course, because it's just predictions, right? I'm not Nostradamus here. I can't actually predict the future. But what we are going to be doing is looking at clips from experts. We're going to be looking at news stories. We're going to be trying to piece things together so that we can be healthy and awake. We can be informed and strategize. So before we get into any of that, let me say I have about six news stories, 10 clips. There's a lot to cover, but I ask, I kindly ask that you keep an open mind, right? Because uh, of course, uh, like I said, we're just having fun and you don't have to agree with everything here, but I will warn you, it, it, there's some doom and gloom. It's 2024. You know, we've already faced COVID and, and all kinds of mayhem for the past few years. And it does seem like a lot of people are predicting uh, some pretty doom and gloom things. But I'm going to do my best to find some of the good, some of the silver lining in these predictions. And uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. So that's the disclaimer. We got that out of the way. Now, it's, I think, also important to, to talk about why are we even making predictions? This is a, a health show. This is Healthy and Awake. We cover not only health topics, but things that, you know, we're trying to wake people up to, things they didn't know before. So why are we making predictions? Uh, well, it, you know, it's kind of an exercise in pattern recognition and figuring out strategies so that we can prepare for goals that we have so that we can navigate the landscape accordingly, uh, especially if some of these predictions seem pretty credible and they're coming from uh, reasonable people. So that's one is just to strategize and prepare for the future. Another one is to have a sense of situational awareness. So this is really deep in the weeds when you think about health. This is kind of a military thing, this idea of situational awareness. Basically, not being aloof, not being unaware of your environment, not being unaware of the things that are happening in your environment. And so having a level of situation, situational awareness uh, allows you to be healthy awake, allows you to be prepared in order to not only execute on your goals, but defend yourself against some cognitive attacks, which brings me to my next point on why we're talking about predictions for 2024. And that is fifth generation warfare. So if you are a regular watcher or listener of the show, you know that previously we discussed the importance of fifth generation warfare, how you can't really be healthy unless you're thinking about this sort of thing, because we do live in a landscape now where attacks come from every angle. There is such a thing as the cognitive domain. Now, previously with warfare, most people think about people shooting guns at each other and, you know, tanks and that sort of thing. And of course, that's true. Uh, but war has evolved. And now your cognition, like the space where your thoughts take place, is a field of domain just like land, sea, and air. So we are in this fifth generation warfare landscape, which means you know, we really need to be aware of what maybe the experts are predicting and be aware of what is happening and saying, okay, well, if this is happening now, what might happen in the future? So this really is, uh, you know, beyond health, really, this is, or even the next level of health, beyond salads, beyond exercise. You know, this is some, sorry for the language, but this is some real shit. So other than that, other than what I've said already, the last reason we're going to discuss this is just to have some fun. Uh, 
Now let's turn up the heat a little bit because despite me saying just now, oh, we're just going to have some fun. Let me actually show you a clip that highlights the, the seriousness of predictions. So it's been a month since I've really used this software. So bear with me while I get my bearings on. All right. So now I'm going to pull up a clip of someone who you've most definitely heard of before. His name is Alex Jones. He's one of the most controversial people in the world. He is pretty much the first person to get completely canceled from the internet. I know a lot of people don't like him, really, even though most of those people haven't listened to anything he said other than what they put in the news about the Sandy Hook stuff. So I think a lot of that hatred towards Alex Jones is unfair, uh, especially after you see this clip of one of his predictions that happened quite a while ago. So here we go. Joint Chiefs of Staff wanted to blow up airliners, Baltimore Sun, or if you let some terrorist group do it, like the World Trade Center, we know who to blame. And if there was an outside threat like a bin Laden who was a known CIA asset in the 80s, he's the boogeyman they need. That is nuts. So this is, you could see it here if you're watching, the date is July 25th, 2001. So obviously before September 9-11, 2001. He not only named the World Trade Centers, he named bin Laden. He said a terrorist attack. This dude predicted 9-11. So, <laughs> of course he's attacked, right? If you are someone who's able to predict 9-11, you have clearly some insider info to be able to predict that so specifically. Of course he's going to be attacked. He's out there exposing crimes. And so the propaganda machine is going to do everything in their power to attack this guy. And let me bring up another name that I know a lot of people don't like, uh, and that is Tucker Carlson. And I bring up that name because he recently interviewed Alex Jones uh, about exactly this. He said, hey, Alex Jones, how did you predict 9-11? Like, what the hell? Uh, so I think this is about a two-minute clip, and here's that. 9-11 thing, I remember that really well. Nobody was thinking like that. So you called it in public on tape. Did the 9-11 commission, so if I'm the FBI and I'm investigating 9-11, you're like the first guy I would call because you're the only person who said that out loud. Did they call you? No, no, they didn't. But my most accurate prediction going back over a decade was when I read the Rockefeller Foundation Operation Lockstep uh, and they described using a virus to bring in world government, to bring in a world medical ID that they would then build the social credit score off of and that they would make people wear masks for fear, and that they would shut down sporting events and things like that, and basically phase in this new tyranny. So I was also able to specifically um, make that prediction over and over and over again because I was going off their own battle plans. Are you the only person in media who actually reads these reports? I don't think a lot of people do read them, but I do read them. I mean, I'm currently reading MIT reports from their top councils, Pentagon, uh, reports. They have a working group called the Mad Scientist Group uh, at the Pentagon that works with MIT. And if you go watch their hour-long, two-hour-long, uh, three-hour-long meetings they have on YouTube uh, with all the top, I mean, we're talking hundreds of top scientists, they admit uh, that they're building a post-human world, uh, that soon everyone's going to be mind-controlled. Everybody already is mind-controlled, Alex Jones. So, there's a lot more to the clip. Actually, there's a lot more to the interview. I watched the whole thing. It's several hours long. I, If 
that interests you. And I can't imagine it wouldn't, right? If somebody predicted 9-11, how does that not interest you? Uh, feel free to check that out. I think it's on Twitter, on Tucker Carlson's Twitter. So that was a prediction, right? We're here today talking about predictions and what might happen in this new year. And it makes you think, like, what are all the other predictions that people are making that are very much based in truth? What are some of the things people are saying that might actually happen? I mean, Alex Jones predicted 9-11. We're going to talk later about how people kind of predicted COVID. So what else is out there in the world that people are saying that could happen? So let's actually pull up another clip. This is a, a news correspondent, Catherine Herridge is, uh, when prompted, making her own prediction. Let's see what she has to say. It's a little dark. I just feel a lot of concern that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. Mm -hmm. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. Um, there are a number of cons uh, concerns that I have. Wait, wait, what? So it sounds like she has something very specific in mind. You know, if you were to say a black swan event, that means like something unpredictable like she says there oh it's these are very hard to predict but then she says oh it's it's a national security thing with high impact like it sounds like you're trying to be very specific about something that has a lot of uncertainty where you really can't be specific so you got to wonder what kind of information this lady has and yeah i know this is like conspiracy theory territory uh, but like I said, we're here having fun and, you know, clearly there's some legitimacy to some of these crazy predictions that people make. So let's hear the rest of what she has to say. I have that factor into that. Not only this uh, sort of enduring heightened threat level that we're facing, uh, the wars in Israel, also Ukraine. And we're so divided in this country in ways that we haven't seen before. And I think that just creates fertile ground for our adversaries like North Korea, China, and Iran. And that's what uh, concerns me most. Well, mine's a little dark. I just- Oh, it's on a loop. Um, so yeah, at the end there, she mentions uh, global uh, geopolitical affairs. We're gonna get into that too by the end of the episode. It is something to think about because there are a lot of signals out there. Uh, and, you know, we, we've known for the past few years with everything going on with Ukraine and more recently with Israel. And, and now you're starting to see other things in the news. It seems like a culmination of sorts. Uh, so, you know, something to think about. I don't know how much you can prepare here for something like that, but uh, it still helps to be aware and informed. So that's kind of setting the scene, right? So far, we've covered some some clips about predictions in, in general, the importance of predictions. So now let's get a little more specific, right? I want to cover some topics about health. So let's talk about health. Then we'll get into world affairs and we'll talk about economic stuff and Jeffrey Epstein and, and a lot of controversy. So when it comes to your health, here's what we can predict. Uh, we know that one way we can make predictions is based on where the money's going, right? Who is funding different projects in health. And uh, one of those people seems to be Bill Gates is always funding some kind of health project. And one of those newer projects is something called Appeal, A-P-E-E-L. And it's a type of coating that they're putting on uh, certain fruits and vegetables. And 
you know, there's not a lot of talk about it, right? It's very questionable what this does for your health. They're putting it in organic foods. Um, I, you know, I have a clip, but I don't even know if I should play it. I'll, I'll play it. If, if it doesn't work, I'll cut it out in post-production. Um, so this will be better if you're watching. If you're listening, it won't be very helpful because it's a lot of crinkling the, the packaging that this lady is uh, checking out with the labels on there. Uh, so I'll, I'll try to talk you through it. Let's see. Here we go. Okay. So she has, uh, gala apples and you can see that there's a, a sticker on there. It says organic. It looks saying she's continuously recording organically grown yeah so there's a sticker on there circular sticker it says organic and she's suspicious so she's peeling this sticker off only to reveal there it is the appeal label now if this thing was so safe why would they be hiding it like that why wouldn't they be talking to the public why wouldn't they be broadcasting like hey this is the next best thing Right. We, we're going to tell you about how great this is, but, you know, it's a little suspicious that they're kind of hiding it. So I predict that we'll see more of this nonsense uh, also around bugs. Right. In a previous episode, we talked about them putting bugs in our food. That was only the very beginning. You know, I've been ahead of this. And now we're actually starting to see pictures of people posting the ingredient labels on certain packaged foods with basically hidden ingredients buried in the middle with uh cover names so they're not putting like crickets as an ingredient they're naming it all kinds of fancy proprietary names and they're getting away with this so uh, i told you in that previous episode that there's a lot of money in basically screwing with our food uh you know for all kinds of reasons but you know that's only escalating they're making bank off of these measures so they're going to keep doing that so that's something to look out for check the ingredients in your food and maybe even check out the previous episode on bugs if if that sounds crazy to you to get a better sense of what they're really trying to do to our food all right so that's health uh here's another topic around health and that is a possible water crisis uh you might recall we've previously talked about the world economic forum uh, they're a group of uh, seemingly power-hungry people. There's video of Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum, saying proudly that he owns politicians, he owns all kinds of powerful people. And so it's worth listening to what they have to say. When they're making predictions, you want to listen to what they're saying because they have a tendency to be correct, uh, not because they're magical uh, you know, fortune tellers, but because it's possible they're they're causing a ruckus in order to uh, usher in their own agenda. So I don't know what to make of this next one, but let's see. So of course, true with COVID, right? We are all only as healthy as our neighbor is on our street and our city and our region and our nation and globally. And did we solve that? Like, did we actually manage to vaccinate everyone in the world? No. So highlighting water is a global commons and what it means to work together and see it both 
out of that kind of global commons perspective, but also the self-interest perspective, because it is it does have that parallel. It's not only important, but it's also important because we haven't managed <laughs> to solve those problems with, which had similar attributes. And water is something that people understand. You know, climate change is a bit abstract. Some people understand it really well. Some understand it a bit. Some just don't understand it. Water. Every kid knows how important it is to have water. When you're playing football and you're thirsty, you need water. So there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really, in some ways, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Can we actually deliver this time in ways that we have failed miserably other times? You know, everything she said sounded pretty reasonable until the end there, because especially when you tie it back to the beginning of what she said, she goes, look, we had these goals with covid and we failed at those goals people just didn't get it we have these goals with climate change and it's still not uh, tangible people just don't get it but you know what people do get water right everybody gets thirsty even the kids get it and let me play it again what did she say at the end also of course true with covid thirsty you need water right, so need water. there's also something about really getting citizen engagement around this and really in some ways experimenting with this notion of the common good can we yeah, experimenting with this notion of the common good. Who the hell are you to be experimenting with our water? Like these people have such a sense of superiority and, you know, they're these elites, right? They know what's better for you. So I'm not making any specific prediction here. I don't know what could possibly happen to our water, but it sounds like this lady has some idea of, of what she wants to happen to our water. So again, you know, maybe nothing at all happens. Maybe I'm just a, a crazy conspiracy theorist. Who knows? But it is worth thinking about when the people that say, you know, hey, get ready for a virus. Hey, get ready for a pandemic. Hey, get ready for a cyber attack. All these things that these people are warning about, they never have anything good to say. And a lot of their predictions come true. So I think it's worth paying attention to this this group of, of very wealthy, resourceful, powerful, influential people when they say, hey, let's experiment with this common good of water. It's uh, a little frightening. But she also mentioned COVID there. And there is, of course, talks of COVID, uh, you know, can you say coming back? Has it really gone away? You know, Joe Biden said that COVID went away and it's gone and we solved COVID. Uh, meanwhile, they still are talking about new variants and disease X and wear your masks again. We're actually seeing mask mandates make a comeback in L.A. County. So, you know, they do seem to be holding on to this power grab as long as they can, you know, because we're all out here living life. Most people aren't paying attention to COVID nowadays, but COVID comes along with the ability to boss people around. Uh, so if there are people who are afraid of it, you can implement certain measures in order to curb, to slow the spread. Remember that nonsense uh, and, and how long that two weeks to slow the spread lasted. So you know, that that is uh, informed predicting the future, right? We know that they tried to pull some shenanigans in the past. And if we fall for it again, that's on us, right? Previously, they said, oh, don't worry. It's going to be no big deal. Two weeks to slow the spread. And we saw how that went. So if they try any of this again, you know, hopefully the, the populace has learned. Um, but let's see here. I, I wish I had more time to better organize my notes because I've really been trying to get content out faster. Uh, so let's do this one. In in the interest of, of predictions, right? Earlier, we talked about a very serious one, 9-11. 
And what is this? Clip seven is, uh, that's for me, clip seven. But this next clip is Dr. Anthony Fauci. Let's see what kind of prediction he made. This was well before the pandemic. What, what did he have to say? I thought I would bring that perspective to the topic today is the issue of pandemic uh, preparedness. And if there's one message that I want to leave with you today based on my experience, and you'll see that in a moment, is that there is no question that there will be a challenge to the coming administration in the arena of infectious diseases, both chronic infectious diseases in the sense of already ongoing disease, and we have certainly a large burden of that, but also there will be a surprise outbreak. And I hope by the end of my relatively short presentation, you will understand why history, the history of the last 32 years that I've been the director of NIAID will tell the next administration that there's no doubt in anyone's mind that they will be faced with the challenges that their predecessors were faced with. <laughs> That's crazy. There, there's no doubt in my mind that there will be a surprise pandemic. How can you even say that with a straight face? It's so obvious, especially now, you know, in the beginning when Fauci was saying all these things at the beginning of the pandemic, you were really like people would get mad at you if you suggested he had anything to do with this. If, you know, if it did come from the Wuhan lab, that was a crazy conspiracy theory. Remember, they said, no, 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 it was bat soup. Um, so, you know, really a lot has changed since the very beginning. And and this clip hits different now when you know all of uh, really the corruption that this guy's been involved with, uh, involved with all of the lying that he's been caught in. And we are going to go into that in, uh, I think the next episode. So it is something to think about. This guy is saying, oh, there will be a surprise pandemic. Uh, you know, how else do you interpret that? So this was, uh, I guess during the Obama administration before Trump was in and and he's there warning Trump basically that oh get ready because you're going to face a pandemic. Sure enough, a pandemic hits. So I mean, if that doesn't make you suspicious, I don't know what in the world could possibly make you suspicious because that is the most suspicious thing in the world, especially when that coincides with Bill Gates's uh, event two hundred one. And maybe we'll talk about that in the next episode, which is on COVID origins, a little bit about COVID. Uh, but you know, Fauci saying there's going to be a surprise pandemic. And then Bill Gates is running event 201, getting ready for the pandemic that hasn't happened yet. They were studying it at Johns Hopkins. It was uh, with Johns Hopkins and NYU. They're talking about coronaviruses. I mean, it, all it takes is, is looking at, at the facts that they, I'm not, going to say anything concretely, but there is a lot of evidence to suggest that it's possible these guys had a hand in ushering in COVID in some way. So now, of course, we want to look into these things when basically the same group of people are making new predictions uh, about what to expect. Uh, so let's see. Here's here's one. Let me pull this up. This is the next clip from Dr. Peter Hotez, I believe his name is. He's pretty much Bill Gates's sidekick. He's another doctor that goes out there and does uh, PR tours and he goes on podcasts and, and news shows and tries to convince everybody to get as many vaccines as possible and, and be scared of this new virus. So 
Uh, here he is. Could the next pandemic make the height of the COVID-19 outbreak look mild? That's what some experts are predicting for what's being called disease X. So I am very worried that we, we just don't, uh, we as a nation, we haven't made that commitment to really fully protect the American people. We caught up with internationally recognized Dean of the National School of Tropical Medicine at Baylor and co-director of the Texas Children's Hospital Center for Vaccine Development, Dr. Peter Hotez, who's traveling to get his take on the topic. We have a likelihood that new pandemic threats that people call them disease X are going to be rising on a regular basis. And Dr. Hotez says disease X, the next pandemic, could hit hard whenever it arrives. Why do you think some experts are predicting the next pandemic will make COVID-19 look like a walk in the park? I've written about this as well. I wrote for the Houston Chronicle a couple of months back that COVID-19 is just the warm-up act. Um, the <laughs> the warm-up act. What? Did he really say that? So they're calling this disease X. You remember they, they tried pushing monkeypox. Who knows? You know, that, that went away so quick. They were trying to say, oh, this is going to be the worst thing in the world. Everybody and, and their mother is going to have monkeypox. And if you paid attention at the time, what was really happening is people were laughing at it. People were making jokes and memes and nobody took it seriously. So they had to bail on that. And as it seems to me that, you know, they've been experimenting with what uh, with how the public does respond to these things, right? They they name it all kinds of weird variants, the Omicron, and then it's the uh, 617 or whatever it was, uh, whatever variant. And so now it's disease X. So that, you know, they're making money off of this. We know this. This has been in the, the courts as well. Um, just something to think about. We also know that the World Health Organization wants to take control. Uh, you know, that's what powerful organizations like to do. So let me see if I can pull this up here, if this will work. Yeah. So hopefully you can actually see this on my share screen. This is from a friend of mine, Dr. Jack Cruz, who was previously on the show. He has a prediction here. This is from his Twitter at Dr. Jack Cruz. My warning for 2024 is simple to my audience. Why do we need medical freedom laws in our constitution? Uh, he goes on here how there are drafts of the amendments to the international health regulations about the new pandemic treaty supported by the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, these unelected bodies. So it sounds like he's talking to lawyers and, and asking them to examine the language used here. And so specifically, I'm talking about amendments to the international health regula international health regulations, but also about the new pandemic treaty being pushed by the World Health Organization and the World Economic Forum. So let's scroll down here. So this is the screenshot that he posted. And it looks like it says, neither the legislature nor any executive or judicial officer may disregard the provisions of the Constitution in case of emergency. Section 98, therefore, anyone who declares the suspension of constitutionally guaranteed rights or attempts to enforce such suspension without... So I, I think, yeah, so that is the Constitution as it is now. So disregard that. I, I think he's saying this is what the Constitution is, and, and they're basically trying to go against 
all of that. And this is true. If you really are paying attention and, and you look closely at what these people are trying to do, they do seem to be trying to circumvent constitutional power because, you know, they want to have control. That That's people try to take control. Uh, you know, the world people have tried to conquer the world. So that should be no surprise. And thanks to Dr. Jack Cruz for pointing that out. If they do get their way, right, and they do have some sort of success with changing amendments or changing aspects of the Constitution so that they can have global emergency powers in case of a pandemic. That's what they really want. They say, oh, if there's a, a pandemic, you know, this is important. We we don't want to have to deal with all these little governments making decisions on their own. We we need to squash this virus. So, you know, we need as much control as as possible that gives them incentive, right? If they have that power legally, well, then, of course, they're going to try to usher something in so that they can use the power that they're granted. Uh, that's that's just common sense. But let me wind down here on the topic of COVID, and then we'll get into uh, you know possible World War III and what some of the news is around that. I have a clip here from Dr. Peter McCullough, who is a world-renowned cardiologist. He's been doing his rounds warning people about the harms of the COVID vaccine, and uh, he offers a protocol for people who've not only been injured by the COVID vaccine, but by COVID itself, like people who have what's called long COVID. So I don't remember exactly what he says in this clip, but let's find out point in time, you know, three years into this failed vaccine campaign, no government is pulling the products off the market. Uh, vast numbers of, of human population all over the world have been have been damaged. Uh, a, a ecological analysis by Dennis Rancourt out of Montreal estimate 17 million people in the world may have lost their lives with the vaccine. Uh, the largest autopsy studies suggest, you know, it probably at least 73.9% of people who die after these shots, the, the shots have contributed to these deaths. So there are calls all over the world to pull the vaccines off the market, US Senate, EU Parliament, we've got the World Council for Health internationally uh, calling for market removal, now the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons and a growing number of state as well as federal lawmakers are saying they have to be pulled off the market. The question on the table is why is the FDA so resistant to even inspecting or reevaluating safety, let alone pulling these off the market? Why is Robert Califf, the FDA commissioner, so silent on vaccine safety? That, that uh, those seem like reasonable questions to me. And, and he makes points that seem legitimate. You know, that there is research to suggest exactly what he said is true. And so I guess as we're making predictions about 2024 and, and what's ahead and what to expect, I hate to even say it, but you know, it, it, if what he's saying is true, we're going to see people with health problems, maybe unexpected deaths. If you look at the numbers, there is something to that, but I don't want to say too much on that here because the next three episodes are all about COVID. Uh, so the next episode is about COVID origins and, and aspects of just COVID itself. Then we're going to talk about masks because masks are making a comeback uh, and we'll end with the, the most controversial aspect, and that is vaccines. And I've been saving notes and I've been writing these episodes for uh, a year, 
or longer. I have a unique writing style. But anyway, uh, those are what's next. So we'll save the rest for those episodes. But what else? When we look ahead at 2024 and we try to make predictions, what other doom and gloom points are there that we could talk about? Well, uh, possibly World War III. You know, that's been talked about for the past maybe two years now. So I'm pulling up an article from Newsweek that we'll just skim through. And it says, North Korea ramps up preparations for war with U.S. This is from December 28th, 2023. Uh, North Korea is putting its munitions industry and nuclear weapons sector on a war footing following months of raised tensions with the U.S. and NATO-aligned countries in the region a run of missile tests and border activity. So it just goes on, um, you know, talking about more details. So that's something to think about, that we could be attacked by North Korea. We also know that there's some uh, interesting happenings with regard to China. And this is an article here from yahoo news that i'm pulling up right now that says taiwan and china will surely be reunified says z uh you know the the chairman i guess of of china in new year's eve address he says that taiwan and china were sh will surely be reunified and you know I'll, I'll be honest i don't know enough about global affairs to know exactly the, the intricacies of this sort of thing. But from what I understand, uh, it could cause a lot of tension between all the different countries and the relations. Because I, I, mean, I guess this would be a hostile thing to go in and, and try to take over Taiwan. Uh, you know, I, I could only imagine. Uh, but there's also some information about like all the chips that are used for cell phones are in Taiwan. And so that could really complicate things if, you know, that China basically owns Taiwan. And I don't know, it's something to think about, right? We're making predictions here. Let's see if anything like that happens. This has actually been in the talks for a long time. I've heard other politicians uh, like Donald Trump has said that uh, China will try to invade Taiwan. Who knows? I mean, we already saw what happened with Russia and Ukraine, so it's possible. That's pretty much all I have on the World War III front. I guess time will tell. I have a, another note here about AI. When we make predictions about 2024, I was sounding the alarm even before ChatGPT was a thing. I was telling my fellow health coaches, get ready for the rise of AI because it's going to try to take our jobs. And they didn't believe me. Even after ChatGPT came out, they didn't really believe me. But now things are really, people are getting it because it's just everywhere. I mean, you, you can't wake up without hearing AI. So I do suspect as we make predictions that AI will continue to grow in ways that most people can't even imagine. Uh, ChatGPT, it, it's suspected that this company, OpenAI, that owns ChatGPT has discovered or created uh artificial general intelligence, which in a sense means that this computer, this robot, this machine is like a conscious person, which is really crazy to think about. And honestly, I'm sure the military has been working on this. They've probably had 
artificial general intelligence for much longer than open AI. Uh, but nonetheless, now we have it in the hands of basically the public. Things are going to get weird. So <laughs> it, AI makes warfare weirder. There's a book by General Michael Flynn on this uh, where he talks about AI and, and warfare in the context of fifth generation warfare, how we talked about it can affect our cognition. So, you know, anytime we're scrolling through our phones or uh, on social media or any of that, a lot of that is generated by AI. So not only the images, the videos, the texts, not only domestically, but also foreign companies, militaries, all, all like AI is being used in so many different ways. I use AI for my business in many different ways. So it does make the landscape weirder to navigate because things kind of aren't real. There's a lot of artificially generated things out there. Uh, so that is really important to understand, especially as these tools get stronger and more prevalent. We need to understand this to be able to defend ourselves accordingly. And yeah, I guess there's a lot more I can say on that. But let's move on to the next point. When we think about artificial intelligence and computers and, and that sort of thing, cyber attacks has been predicted. It's definitely been talked about quite a bit. We know that there was that movie, that Netflix movie that was very popular, uh, came out, I think, last month called Leave the World Behind. And let's see, maybe I'll even play a clip of that. It was a decent movie. And let's see. Here we go. I went online this morning and I rented us a beautiful house out by the beach. I figured if I made the reservation and packed our bags, it would eliminate most of the reasons to say no. Wow, this is nice. Kids look so happy. The Wi-Fi isn't working. Uh-oh. So sorry to bother you that this is our house. This is your house. We were driving back to the city, then something happened. You want to stay here, but we're staying here. We need to get them out of here. They need to think everything's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay, isn't it? Cyber attacks across the country. Something is happening, and I don't trust them. Everything I know, I have told you. I don't believe you. I would do anything to protect my family. What you do? I'll leave it there. Um, it it wasn't too bad. It wasn't the best movie in the world. There were definitely it was a little long and drawn out, kind of boring at times. Um, but people are talking about this for an interesting reason. So in the news, there have been a lot of talks about cyber attacks and we, we are going to get into that. So, you know, not just Netflix movies, but, but legitimate news stories. Uh, but the reason people are fascinated with this Obama funded, I, I don't think I mentioned that, but this movie, this Netflix movie, Obama helped funded and, and directed, I think uh, definitely directed. I don't know about funded, but he, he had a role in the production of this movie. Now, that's fine, right? He can do whatever he wants. 
but there was this movie, this Netflix movie that came out. Uh, I don't know what it was called, but but think back. I think it was last year, maybe a year and a half. There was this train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio. This train derailment, it fell off the tracks. It caused this chemical spill. It caused disaster for the locals. They had to evacuate. There was a Netflix movie a few months before that happened where a train derailed and spilled chemicals in East Palestine, Ohio, that wreaked havoc and all the locals had to evacuate. Exactly what happened in real life. Now, I am not at all suggesting that that Netflix, they sit around in a boardroom and they go, all right, let's make a movie. And then then we're going to do it in real life. Like, I, I don't know. Like, that's just weird. All I'm saying is that's weird. I don't think Netflix is going around causing disasters around the country, but I, I don't know how to explain that. And it is something to think about. We go, oh, hey, that's kind of weird that they made a movie about it. And then a few months later, exactly what happened in the movie happened in real life. So who knows? I mean, this is a movie about cyber attacks and now cyber attacks have actually happened and, and pretty recently. So let me pull up an article from this is called Penn Live. This is a Pennsylvania outlet. PennLive.com. Cyber attack on PA water system prompts US officials to warn other states. So the tiny Aliquippa Water Authority in Western Pennsylvania was perhaps the least suspecting victim of an international cyber attack. You know, why why would they attack a, a tiny little water system? Like, that doesn't make much sense. But when you really think about it, if I'm a cyber attacker and I want to cause a ruckus on a large scale. I'm going to test it on a small scale first. So, you know, that's that's just speculation. But it is weird. It is weird that they would attack like Iran is going to attack a water facility in, in Pennsylvania. What's that about? So, you know, these are just dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, but I'm seeing how they fit together anyway. Right. We have the Obama movie about cyber attacks. We have actual cyber attacks happening on a small scale in Pennsylvania. Um, we have this here. Oh, no. But still pay insufficient attention to the frightening scenario of a comprehensive cyber attack. Now. If hopefully you've recognized that voice, if you if you don't know, that is Klaus Schwab, the head of the World Economic Forum. This is a clip from July 2020. And I will say before I continue this video that he has been making these claims recently again in Davos, Davos, whatever it is, Davos, uh, get, basically saying, get ready. There's more cyber attacks coming. So let's hear the rest of what he has to say, which would bring to a complete halt to the power supply, transportation, hospital services, our society as a whole. The COVID-19 crisis would be seen in this respect as a small disturbance in comparison to a major cyber attack. 
you know, this almost sounds like the same language that the the other lady from the World Economic Forum was talking about when when we talked about water. Uh, it's not the exact same language, but she's like, oh, you know what? Let's experiment with this idea of the common good. Everybody understands water. We didn't get our way with COVID vaccines. We're, we're not getting our way with the climate, but, you know, people will will really get water. And And he's basically saying the same kind of sentiment, the same kind of ideas is like, oh, if you think COVID was bad, wait till you see what this cyber pandemic, this cyber attack does. You'll you'll understand that you didn't respond to COVID like we wanted to. But where do you see this to use the COVID-19 crisis as a timely opportunity to reflect on the lessons the cybersecurity community can draw and improve our preparedness for a potential cyber pandemic? Oh, okay. Well, that's a relief. You know, he just wants you to be prepared. He's just, he cares about you. I'm sorry. Oh my God. What a jerk. I, I, it sounded for a second, like, you know, he maybe was trying to orchestrate some kind of cyber pandemic. That's obviously ridiculous. Nobody would try to do that. So he is just concerned. He said, Hey, you know, you guys didn't exactly learn your lesson with COVID, but I want to make sure you learn your lesson this time with the cyber attack that's about to happen. So I feel a lot better. He's just looking out for us. What a good guy, Klaus Schwab. But don't worry, because even if there is no cyber attack or somehow the cyber attack is thwarted, if there is even one, um, it's still possible we will face some sort of cyber disruption because according to the Daily Mail, they're claiming that the Earth will be bombarded by intense solar storms next year. And, and next year, this was written uh, at the end of November 2023. So they're saying now in 2024, scientists predict we will reach solar maximum in 2024 with flares strong enough to cripple the world's Internet for weeks. You know, it's just another piece of the puzzle when you think about cyber attacks and, and the Internet going down and, and mayhem ensuing, just like in, in a Barack Obama's movie, the Leave the World Behind. You know, it, it does seem like they are pushing the idea that you will not have power or Internet for some period of time. Just something to think about, right? Other people are saying it, so maybe something to be prepared for. Now, as we think about all of these different things, uh, another thing to consider is, well, the collapsing economy. So this is something that people, I guess, have been predicting for quite some time now. A lot of people for a while have been predicting uh, economic collapse. But here's something from the New York Post. This is from today, January 3rd, the New York Post. 2024 will be the single, the biggest single crash year in our lifetimes. Economist warns to not listen to your financial advisor. So let's see. A lot of this is just boring. The details don't really matter. I mean, if the economy is going to collapse, it's going to collapse. What's this guy's name? Harry Dent told Fox News Digital. And I will say this is something that has been echoed by Edward Dowd, who is a, a financial analyst. I think he was previously associated with BlackRock. Um, 
he seems to have kind of defected from BlackRock. He, he's saying some very reasonable things and, and he's been sounding the alarm on a lot of different things. Uh, so maybe we'll see economic collapse. Maybe things will get so bad that it will be just complete societal mayhem on such a level that you might need a bunker. Which brings me to this next article here. This is from msn.com titled Mark Zuckerberg is reportedly building an underground bunker in Hawaii. And he's not the only one. There are other uh, billionaires building these bunkers all at the same time. Why would they do that? Do they know something that we don't? I mean, there's all this talk of disease X and the cyber pandemic and economic collapse and all these different things and and all these billionaires at the same time decide to build bunkers and you know this is not a conspiracy theory i just read it to you from msn.com so you know they have predictions of their own and they're preparing in their own way it makes you wonder what they know that we don't and and surely they must know more you would think billionaires especially a tech billionaire like zuckerberg who owns uh, most of the world's information because people feed it through facebook you know, I would imagine he has some information that the rest of us don't. Maybe not, but he enough to spend probably millions of dollars building some kind of underground bunker in Hawaii. Weird. Well, we're almost done here with predictions for this year, but I would be remiss if I left out really the elephant in the room when we think about 2024, and that is the election. And there were all kinds of predictions around the election. Uh, one of them is an article that I'm pulling up here from CNN that discusses the House committee to formally begin impeachment proceedings against Biden, Homeland Security officer, or Homeland Security chief over border policies. Oh, so he's uh, proceeding against Biden, Homeland Security chief. I think I pulled up the wrong article. Uh, but regardless, there have been efforts to impeach Biden, even if he doesn't get peach, uh, impeached. I mean, the dude has complete dementia. He can't even speak a full sentence. I can't imagine that he makes it to the election. And a lot of people are speculating that he might be swapped out or replaced with somebody like Michelle Obama or possibly even Gavin Newsom, who has been parading around with uh, Z the chairman of China. This is an article here that I have from CNN Business that says, divorce is not an option for US and China, Newsom says after Z meeting. So this governor of California, Gavin Newsom, like what the hell does he have to do with Chairman Z and, and China? It does look like political posturing. It looks like maybe they're grooming him for the job or there's some backdoor deals going on. Look at them shaking hands like that. So divorce is not an option. So, you know, they're they're shaking hands there saying, oh, yeah, we we want China and the U.S. to stay together. And apparently Gavin Newsom's the guy to do that. You know, why wouldn't they be shaking hands with Biden, the president? And, and you know, maybe they have, but it's a little odd, right? Gavin Newsom, like, why? Are you, what are you doing that for? Huh? So, there are other people making even more ominous predictions around the election. This is a clip from the Patrick Bet David podcast. 
And let me pull it up real quick. I think we'll ever get to the 2024 election. So this is from a former U.S. Army colonel. Here we go. I think things are going to implode in Washington before then. I think our economic financial condition is fragile. It's going to come home to roost in ugly ways. I, I will tell you, I don't know exactly how it will happen. I think we're going to end up in a situation where we find out the banks are closed for two or three weeks and nobody can get into them. You think so? I think we're going to run into something like that, yeah. I also think that the levels of violence and criminality in our cities is so high that it, it's going to spill over into other places in society. People that normally think they can live remote from the problem are now beginning to be touched by the problem. Then I look at this thing in Ukraine. I think Ukraine is going to lose catastrophically. It's going to be a complete collapse. And uh, He has more to say, but let me just chime in that there is a lot of evidence to show that Ukraine is already collapsing catastrophically. Uh, when you look at the way that Zelensky is talking and, and asking for money while also seeming to not get as much as he needs, he's signing more and more people up for war, going past you know, the average people that you would go for, the young men, now they're recruiting older people and, and things are starting to get weird in Ukraine. But uh, there's a little bit of this clip left. And that too is going to have an effect here at home because people are going to say, well, wait a minute. Everybody told us Ukraine was winning. Everybody told us X, Y, and Z. I mean, sort of the, the Russian hoax on steroids. All of those things are going to come together or converge in some way that's going to prevent us from reaching you know, the status quo, oh, another election, oh, another set of campaigns. Yeah, so this guy's not too optimistic that we'll have an election at all. He thinks that between Ukraine and, and everything else going on in the world, that things will be disrupted. So who knows? Just a prediction. But some people are predicting civil war. I've heard talks of civil war. There are, there's chatter about that and i i saw this clip that i saved i was scrolling through instagram i saw this clip I, let me admit right off the bat i didn't watch the full clip i just saw it it sounded relevant to this episode it sounded interesting so i wanted to put it in there um and and let's see what this guy has to say because i know he mentioned civil war was the last time that we had states who were removing presidential candidate from the ballot abraham lincoln thank you what did that result in Civil War. Civil War. This is not a joke anymore. Mm. We cannot take things like this lightly because we have specific examples in the history of our nation that we can look at and then we can watch the result of that. We can look at that in history. And let me tell you right now, man, you don't want that, man. Okay. So I see he's saying that uh, because there's so many attempts to remove Trump from the ballot, he's comparing that to removing uh, Abraham Lincoln from the ballot. Now, let's let's do some fact checking. I don't know if that's actually true. So this is perplexity.ai. This is an artificial intelligence search engine. Uh, so I have here, when was the last time the U.S. removed presidential candidates from the ballot? Let's see. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so they say Donald Trump. Uh, what about... Abraham Lincoln. I spelled Lincoln wrong, but you get it. Hmm. The claim that Abraham Lincoln was removed from the ballot by Democrats is not accurate. 
Abraham Lincoln, the candidate of the Republican Party, won the 1860 presidential election and was not removed from the ballot. Okay. So let me check another AI just to see if there's any difference. All right, let me stop sharing there. And let's go over to a new AI called Grok on Twitter that's supposed to be less censored. Let's see, searching, searching. Let's see if the answer is different. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay, so there is a different answer here. The last time a presidential candidate was removed from the ballot in the United States was in 1860 when several states in the South removed Abraham Lincoln from their ballots. This was due to the fact that Lincoln was an outspoken opponent of slavery and the Southern states were attempting to prevent him from being elected. Okay, so we're getting conflicting information. Uh, I didn't have time to really get the right answer beforehand. So, hey, if you're a history buff and you know the answer to this, please chime in uh something to research further because that is very interesting that i would get completely opposite answers but one of them did feel a little politically biased right because i asked the question very generally did abraham lincoln was he removed and they go no democrats didn't do that so uh, i don't know what to make of that all right so we covered civil war election stuff the last thing here and then we'll wrap up actually this is a news story that literally just broke the moment before i hit the record button for this episode so we will be learning something new together and in the interest of making more predictions i predict that jeffrey epstein will be talked about more i think more names will be unsealed i think more people will panic as names become unsealed and so this is from abc news uh january 3rd at 6 54 p.m and right now it's 805 p.m so this is brand new uh court documents naming Jeffrey Epstein's associates unsealed. The documents stem from a 2015 civil lawsuit against Jelaine Maxwell. Hundreds of sealed court filings pertaining to the late sex offender Jeffrey Epstein were made public Wednesday, today. U.S. District Judge Loretta Preska ruled last month there was no legal justification for continuing to conceal more than 150 names of John and Jane Doe's mentioned in the records. Preska had ordered the unsealing to begin after January 1st. The documents stem, okay, so it actually doesn't offer uh, anything other than that. Let's see if this one, that's the same one. All right. Well, we do know, and this has even been in the news, that uh, Bill Clinton is expected to be named in the unsealing, uh, claims that he's been that he's listed over 50 times in whatever is about to be unsealed. So if you know about the Epstein story, you know that a lot of high profile people are implicated. And basically the idea is that Epstein was helping an intelligence agency blackmail politicians and people in power in order for them to be controlled. Because if you have the blackmail on them, you can sort of boss them around. And so, you know, we've had Jeffrey Epstein, he was in jail and, and even 
Jelaine Maxwell is in jail and, and we haven't had any of these names. And you have to wonder, like, why? Why haven't any of these names been released? The FBI has the, the names. Why aren't they releasing them? And one can only suspect that it has to do with powerful people preventing the names from getting out. And so it seems like either for some reason the names are about to come out or this is some kind of uh, dog and pony show, some kind of uh, you know way to distract the public where they're just going to talk about this without really breaking anything new uh, and, and not revealing anything that we didn't know already. Or maybe it's a distraction or misinformation. Who knows? Uh, but I, I think there are some probably nervous people out there. And, you know, maybe we'll see some names come out. Maybe we'll see some arrests. Who knows? It's exciting to think about. Uh, maybe we'll see aliens invade, right? You remember last year they were talking about aliens and UFOs and they showed us the, those. This was in Mexico. They showed us those clearly fake. Uh, they looked like paper mache aliens. And and so there, there are some narratives being pushed around aliens. Maybe we'll see more of that. Right, because narratives build up to something, right? They're planting seeds. If they're talking about aliens and UFOs and and all of this crazy talk, I've never been less convinced there's aliens, right? If the government's telling me there's aliens, I've never been less convinced. So, you know, we're making predictions here. Maybe because we've already seen a pattern of alien talk, maybe we'll see more talk of aliens. Now, let's be clear that I'm not saying I think aliens are going to show up or we're going to get invaded by aliens. That is obviously nonsense. Uh, I guess, although technically possible, but that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there, I, I suspect there might be more talk about aliens for whatever reason. Maybe it's to distract the people and, and all that stuff. Uh, and I also think people will continue to wake up and citizen journalism will rise. I think people will do what I'm trying to do here and, and bring truth to the people and, and talk about things that the TV leaves out. And I try to counter the narratives that are being pushed in front of us to shape the way that we think. I'd rather try to disrupt that and, and think for ourselves as a healthy and awake community, which leads me to closing the show. So I appreciate the healthy and awake community. And uh, if you do have any interest in improving your life and taking steps forward and uh, working on some health goals in this new year. Maybe you have some new year's resolutions or, or just some things you're stuck on, or maybe you've exercised and, and you fell off and you haven't been able to be consistent with it, or maybe you want to fix your diet and eat a little better, anything like that. Uh, please consider red pill health and wellness where through health coaching, we engage in collaborative critical thinking. So we're all critical thinkers here and most people know what they should do around health. It's just a, a problem of implementing it or sustaining it, right? Staying with it and being consistent. And the answer isn't some kind of exercise machine or it's not some kind of magical diet that you need to stick to. It's really just critically thinking about the best approach and, you know, taking steps and learning from mistakes and adjusting yourself accordingly. And so if you do want to save yourself some time and prevent some mistakes from happening and, and really start this year off on the right foot, contact me for uh, health coaching at Red Pill Health and Wellness. Click the link in the show notes where you can find us. You can get a free consult where you and I can talk about what your goals are and, and how I can help so that you can make sure that 2024 is your most healthy and awake year yet.
But finally, I'd like to hear what your predictions are. We talked about a lot of things today from 9-11 being a, a major prediction that ended up coming true. Uh, to the world, uh, the World Economic Forum predicting black swan events, or I guess that was Catherine Herridge predicting black swan events, and the World Economic Forum predicting cyber attacks and water crises and COVID issues and all sorts of fun stuff. So please try to stay prepared as best as you can. And I really mean mentally prepared because there are all sorts of things you can do to be physically prepared. You can be in shape right? You can have food and water at your house and flashlights and a first aid kit and batteries and gasoline and a generator and all those sorts of things that doomsday preppers were laughed at for a year ago or, or years ago. Uh, you can do all those things when you think about the possible doom and gloom that's ahead of us so that it won't be so doom and gloom and that you'll be uh, ready to go and, and let everybody else panic while you are happy and prepared. But really, mentally prepared as well be ready for chaos and and that's even beyond predictions just always be ready for chaos that comes along with strength but that's pretty much it here today thanks for tuning in make sure to stay healthy and stay awake <laughs>